feel that uh, the Lord wants to, to encourage us this morning that we are called to live a life via the anointing of Christ. And when we do that, it becomes easier and it becomes fruitful. It doesn't mean it's absolutely easy, but it, it brings more ease and more fruitfulness. Who knows when you're trying to do things in your own strength, uh, it can t- start to very quickly get tiring and frustrating. Who knows that? Ever experienced that before? And before I go into uh, this word this morning, I wanted to share with you a dream that I had last night. Now, most of you know I've mentioned this before. Uh, my wife, Pastor Sarah, she is the dreamer in our house, and she, I know that because she remembers them. If she dreams, she remembers them, and usually God speaks to our family via some of her dreams. Um, for me, I very rarely remember dreams, and so when I remember a dream, I know it's, it's usually God trying to talk to me. And so last night... I had this epic dream. It was so vivid. It was so clear. So I wanted to share that with you because the Lord told me to share it this morning because he said it's related to what he's doing right now. And through this message, I want to make sure that everyone is understanding what the Lord wants to do. And this dream was all of our church. And uh, there were even other people there that I didn't really recognize. Now we're all in our swimmers. Okay, so it's not going to be a weird dream. We're all in our swimmers. And, but we're in this massive kind of like a public, kind of like, like South Bank, a big water lagoon, right? And uh, we're all in, in our swimmers and we're all kind of splashing around and having just absolute fun. Like everyone just, you know, all their teeth were showing. Everyone was just in these massive epic smiles and everyone was having fun and we're splashing and, and, uh, and it was great. But the funny thing was, was when I looked down at the water, it wasn't water that we were all splashing around in and swimming in. Uh, it was oil. It was beautiful, clear, see-through, transparent oil. And it smelt, the fragrance of the oil just smelt so amazing. It wasn't like an over-intense perfume that you're like, <coughs> you know, when you get sprayed with perfume or whatever. Uh, but it was just this beautiful, uh, soft, lingering fragrance. And it just smelt so pure, just so clean. And, uh, and the oil, you could see through it, and I, there were kids, the kids were jumping through it and then diving in, coming out, and then the oil was just all over their head, and it was dripping down, and, and the dads were getting into it, and the, the, the wives were getting and all the families, and all the people in church were just splashing, and we're, we're playing it. And then, what was interesting was, as a whole body, we all just started to kind of look at each other, and as we're all just drenched in this anointing and still really happy and just having fun, we all just kind of looked at each other like we were just on the same page in like a moment. And in that moment, we all looked at each other and then we all just turned in a particular direction. And we all just started walking and wading through this whole body of oil. And it was like we were just moving as one. But it wasn't like we were weird, like we became like, you know, like this. It was like we were still had our personalities and, you know, we're like this, but we're, we're still having fun. But it was like we were just uh, walking together. And then we got to this different part of the landscape of the lagoon and it became a lot sh- more shallow, a lot more shallow. But then the landscape, the l- lagoon, it was all made out of kind of that landscape kind of concrete. You know, that, uh, that concrete that's, that, that's uh, kind of got little rocks in it. 
But what's interesting is the surface, the actual surface, you could tell by looking at it that it was actually, it was kind of rough and it was, uh, it was, it, it would be tough to kind of, to be able to get up over and to kind of, to walk over. But anyway, we just knew as, as, a, as, a, as a people that we had to kind of get to this place and start moving over it. And it kind of had, it had hills and it had valleys and it had parts that were higher and lower. And what's really interesting is as we all started to actually kind of lean up on this area and started to actually kind of uh, climb our, our way over this rocky landscape, everyone was turning to each other. And we all had this strong confirmation how easy it was to actually transition over this, uh, this, this territory. And even though there was parts that, was, that if you had no oil, that it would be really tough and it would hurt. It would kind of, you know, lock you away from, from getting over this particular part. It was just so easy. There was just like an oil that was lubricating the whole landscape as we were moving together. And everyone was just saying, oh, it's so much easier. This is easy. Wow, this is great. And we were having fun while we were moving together. And I really want, and then I kind of, that was the end of the dream. Who thinks that's a cool dream? And obviously, you know, there's a pretty obvious message there. And I felt the Lord was saying that he is releasing a whole new, a new and a fresh anointing upon our church community corporately right now. He's releasing it right now. And I hear the Lord say this, that through that anointing, we are going to be more united than we ever have before. That we're coming into a season and we're going to be on the same page like that we never have before. We're going to feel like we're just moving together and it's going to be easy and it's going to be fun. And also, I felt the Lord say that we're going to start to go into new territory that may seem like it would be challenging, that may seem like it would be difficult. But I hear the Lord saying that through the anointing, it's going to become easier and it's going to, we're going to be able to take territory and we're going to be able to enjoy it. I hear the Lord say that he's releasing a new dimension of joy in our church when we do the work of the ministry, when we do work together, when we're working together, when we're hanging out together. Who thinks that that's a cool dream? And also I hear the Lord saying in this dream that it re- it's about your families as well. It's about your workplaces as well. It's about what you do as you come here and you get equipped. You'll be sent out from this place with that anointing. And the, the Lord wants you to know that he's going to position you in places to take territory. But I hear at this season the anointing is such a key. And so I wanted to, to start off this morning by looking at a couple of scriptures. And I want to first of all read from Acts Chapter 10, verse 38. And this is interesting because it talks about Jesus and it talks about how God anointed Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, in a minute, we're going to look at a particular part of the scripture. But before we do that, I want to look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. So we know that Jesus, who is our mighty example, the Jesus of Nazareth, he ministered through the power of the anointing. He was able to do the work of God because of the anointing. He was a great example of walking in the anointed life. 
But also, it's not about just Jesus moving and walking and doing the things in the anointing and we worship Him, but He has sent us the Holy Spirit to release and reproduce and impart that same anointing inside of us so that we also can do the things that Jesus did. And so again in 1 John 2.27, But the anointing which you, everyone say me, which you have received of Him abides in you. And so, first of all, let's come into a little bit of an understanding about the anointing. The first thing we have to recognize is that God anoints His people. God anoints His people uh, for a purpose, uh, because He wants them to go a particular place and do certain things, but He wants them to do it via the vehicle of His power, via His strength, not our own strength. Because let's look at that dream in reverse. Let's say that there wasn't uh, oil there. Okay, and uh, you know we're we're all hanging out, and uh, usually when there's not an anointing uh, or there's a lack of anointing, then it can actually affect unity. It can affect relationships. Uh, I even share this analogy at Forever Young on Friday that if you look at a door and when it doesn't have proper lubrication, uh, sometimes it's like you got to try and really pull it like like a glass door, pull it really tough to try and close it. And so what does it need? It needs lubrication on the the axle there to kind of get it uh, to close. And so sometimes, you know, the reason why we have tension relationally and friction and and relationships sometimes rub us up the wrong way is usually because uh, we're trying to do things in our own strength strength in our own flesh. And when, and when you're trying to move in your flesh and you're trying to relate with people, usually there's some problems that start to arise. Has anyone experienced that before? I know I have. So it's about knowing that the anointing lubricates relationships around you and it helps you to get things done more easily. And so the first thing is, is that God anoints his people for a purpose. He anointed Jesus and he anoints his children. But let's look closely at this because I found this very interesting when I studied a little bit deeper. If you look closely at the scripture found in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice, first of all, that the scripture doesn't say how God anointed Jesus, the Son of God, with the Holy Ghost. No, what it says is that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, as in the man. You see, what so many Christians don't understand is that even though Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, and He is God, and He is the Savior of the world, He left before He came to earth as a baby. He left all of His power and glory in heaven and came to earth in the same form as every other man. He was God when he was born, but he came in the form of a man. He left all of his power and everything in heaven. Did you know that? And so what's interesting is, is that if we look even here at Hebrews, uh, sorry, Philippians uh, chapter 2 verse 8, and being found in a fashion as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then Hebrews 2 verse 17 says, Wherefore in all things it pleased him, Jesus, to be made like unto his brethren. So he was born a man. He lived on earth as a man. He, as a man, had no more power until, we're going to look when the Holy Spirit came upon him. As a man, he had no more power than what you and I did. He hungered and thirsted as a man. He suffered as a man. We know that he died as a man. 
But the anointing is designed to bring power. And what I want to encourage you, even though Jesus is God and was God when he was walking on the earth, when he came, he left his anointing and his power. He humbled himself. That's what's so incredible about God. Because we know that the, the Bible teaches that he, he suffered temptation. He stayed obedient to the Lord. He didn't fall under sin. But he actually had to experience the things of what it was like to be man in the flesh, to be man in that place of limitation. And then what's interesting is though that the Father from heaven then brought the anointing and poured it upon Jesus to activate him in ministry. Do you know that the Bible records that Jesus performed no miracles, did no ministry before he was anointed of the Holy Ghost? Think about that. Jesus did nothing in his own strength. And so this is an encouragement for us that I feel in this season, the Lord wants to encourage us, this is critical, for us to make sure that we are anointed for what we're called to do. The anointing brings power. It is extremely important to notice in the gospel that Jesus never did even one miracle until he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. It was only after the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost descended upon him, that he began his ministry, which is recorded in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Regardless of what many think, there is no biblical evidence that Jesus even performed any miracles, nor did he enter into ministry until after he received the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with the infilling, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's also important to note, just a little bit of teaching here to start off, that Jesus also told the disciples, he also told the disciples not to go anywhere or do anything, not even to witness, until, until until, until they had received the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is to come upon you. So who knows, because of that, looking in a fresh way, that if Jesus himself, the Son of God, didn't actually move or do anything in terms of ministry or miracles uh, until he was anointed, that the same should be us as we follow that example. Who believes that? And so sometimes I think as Christians, we can get so busy with everything we've got to do, but sometimes we're doing things in our flesh, and we wonder why things can go a bit pear-shaped whether that's things that we're doing with family, work, ministry. You know, when we move in our flesh, in our own strength, and we don't first wait and have patience to make sure that the anointing is there. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you should, you know, be in the shopping center and, you know, before you you park your car, just go, Lord, just make sure that you're anointing me right now so I can park my car properly. I'm just waiting, Father. Okay, thank you for your anointing. And then you park. Nothing weird and super spiritual like that. But who knows that it's important that as people of God... When we're believing for breakthrough and we're wanting to move and see God move, that we've got to spend time with Him and we've got to make sure that we're flowing with Him and we're walking with His Spirit. Who believes that? Amen. And so as a people, be encouraged that there is a return of investment when you make time to be anointed afresh of the Lord because then things become easier and things become fruitful. Okay? 
Who knows that uh, prevention is better than cure? Come on now, let me speak to you. Sometimes we have to, to, we have to ask the Lord to fix things because sometimes we're moving before the Lord. We're moving in our own flesh and things go pear-shaped and then you know, we have issues and then now we have to ask the Lord to fix those things. I think sometimes we can prevent those things from happening if we first just had a little bit of patience and said, Lord, can you show me the way? Can you give me some confirmation first before I say this, before I do this, before I step out on this? And Lord, I thank you, Father, that if this is me, then you will anoint me for this. So Father, I just want to wait in your word. I want to spend time in your presence. I want to make sure that I'm empowered to do this before I go and step out and do it and rush the process, maybe because I'm a bit impatient around God's timing. Uh, it's important. I can tell you in my own life, I'm preaching to myself right now. Life is so much easier when you just wait on the Lord and just have patience because there's so much more work in having to fix things than there is in just making the right decisions because you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit and you know without any doubt in your mind that there is nothing that you can do in your own strength that will become fruitful. That's why we're owned by God and we worship God. Amen. So we're called to be anointed by God. And so there are indeed many different kinds of anointing and none of which have more necessarily more importance than the other, but there's different types of anointing. In 1 Corinthians 2.12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Romans 8.15, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Ephesians 1.13, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And so there is an individual anointing. Uh, God wants to uh, encourage you that there's anointing for you individually. There's anointings for you individually because we're all unique and we have different uh, plans and purposes that the Lord has for us. We've got different giftings. And so the Lord wants us to seek Him for the anointing for what we ha- are called to do. Uh, in 1 John 2.20, but you have an unction, an anointing from the Holy One. In 1 John 2.27, the anointing which you have received of Him abides, which means lives, remains, dwells, in you. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we know there is an individual anointing. Can I get everyone to say individual anointing? But I feel to encourage us strongly this morning in this. It's not enough as a man or woman of God to want, desire, to seek, or have an individual anointing. That's all good, and we cheer that, and we encourage that. But God has designed us to operate in community as well, not just individually. God has designed us to not just have individual goals and individual focuses, and individual purposes. God has also commissioned us to have a corporate goal, a gathering together, a corporate mission, to come together and work together to actually uh, build His kingdom. And so it is something that we highly encourage that you should have an individual career and a marketplace calling or a ministry focus and understand your anointings and understand your giftings and understand that style that you like and the bent that you like and uh, you know what your gifting is and how you're called to, to uh, move with the Lord. That is important. But can I say that a strong sign of maturity in a person's life is that they know that their focus in the things of God should not just be on their own individual call. 
that they, they, they should have a desire, they should have a hunger, they should have a, a sense, particularly when you hang out with the Lord, that there should be an excitement, there should be an expectation for you to also find out how and who you're called to work together and what mission and plan that is and to get on board with that. Who agrees with that? And so individually, yes, you have an anointing. The anointing abides in you and lives in you. And the anointing is there for a purpose, for you to overcome the world, for you to be fruitful and successful. But I want to say this morning, there is a corporate anointing. There is a strong corporate anointing on this house. And I believe this morning that it's important for us to get a revelation of it, for us to be hungry as individuals to want to know what that corporate anointing is all about. And to know that it's, 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 it's here for us to do in a mighty work. And it's here to make it, it easy and fun. Not always, you know, 100%, you know, with ease. As, you know, you've got to sometimes do some hard work. But making it fun. And, and so in the simplest terms, a corporate anointing is what happens when more than one believer is in the same place. And there is a singleness of purpose between them. The scriptures seem to indicate that not only is this somewhat different from the individual anointing in the sense that it affects more than one person, but also that the corporate anointing seems to be one of greater power. Assembling together actually brings an acceleration of what God can do. So how important is it for us to come together? How important is it for us to assemble together? How important is, is it to not just do church via online and go, oh, thank you, I received the word for me in my individual anointing. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that these days you can get all this resource and access from stuff online. But can I tell you that the local church on the earth today, the Holy Spirit wants us to gather together in flesh so that we can park our flesh aside and he can release a corporate anointing so we come on one page and he can empower us to do things that we're called to do beyond just individually but to do things together corporately. Oh, come on, who's excited about this? Good. (laughs) Assembling together. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Another version is as the habit that some people fall into. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you the same as the day approaches. You know, I have seen God move when people come together. I even believe something happened in the worship this morning for God to affirm the word today that the Lord is wanting to encourage us to come together, to come together. I'm hearing the Lord say this. There have been times when some people here have been disappointed with your individual goals. And at times, the enemy has maybe hinted that what you should do is just spend time more on your individual goals until you get the breakthrough. And sometimes that's been a pushing out of actually attending church regularly. I hear the Lord say, you know what, this is a season where even if there's been disappointment, even if there's been frustration individually, do not give up assembling together. Because usually it's via the corporate anointing that then the individual anointing can be cemented and released upon your life. It's in the gathering together that not only corporately will you be blessed, but also individually you can get the breakthrough 
through and you can get the answers and you can receive deliverance and encouragement from each other to, cut, to start to walk forward. I feel like the Lord just wants to release just an anointing right now to gather together upon this place. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're a God of unity, that you're a God that commands a blessing when we unify and get on the same page. Lord, even like this dream that you sent to me from heaven last night, I thank you, Father, Lord, that you're calling us as a body, as a community, as one people, as a house, Lord, to come together regularly, consistently, Lord, to honor you uh, amongst each other, Lord, to gather together and to worship you corporately, Lord, to sit underneath the corporate word, Lord, to sit under the, the corporate prophetic word, Lord, to sit under the anointing and the presence of the Lord together. Father, I thank you, Lord, that there is a corporate anointing upon this house. And Father, I thank you, Lord, Lord, where people have uh, sometimes felt like uh, they've been isolated or they've felt alone or they've felt uh, naturally disappointed when things maybe haven't come to plan that they thought. Father, I pray right now that you would break off that disappointment. You would refresh people's hearts right now, Lord, and you would cement in their heart and their mind the truth and the revelation that the corporate gathering together is the catalyst that helps to bring a new release of breakthrough individually. Father, I thank you, Lord, for families that we're a church who absolutely loves families. I thank you, Lord, the family union literally is a resemblance of heaven on earth. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for marriages. I thank you, Lord, for children. I thank you, Lord, for a unity within the family unit, Lord, even amongst our families here. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that uh, you are in this moment releasing anointing to strengthen families right now, Father, to strengthen, Lord, the love and the bond between marriages right now, Lord, to strengthen, Lord, the respect and the honor between parents and children. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the fruitfulness of families in this house at this time in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And so in assembling together, let me share how amazing it is in terms of the corporate anointings that even this house gets to experience. Uh, What's really cool about what I'm about to share with you, it's the very first message. The very first message. Not the whole message, but part of the message that I shared, the very first sermon of, of Forever House and uh, in Paddington when we, when we launched there. And I talked at that day, on our launch day, of the seven anointings of Christian International. And it's such an honor to have Greg and Julie back from the United States. Let's give them just a round of applause. Our beautiful spiritual mom and dad are covering our apostles and prophets in this house. And, uh, you know, it's them that is the key of why we have Forever House today. And, uh, you know, with them and their faithfulness and their relationship with Christian International, there's such a powerful family focus in Christian International, a family heartbeat. And I want to share with you again today afresh to get this into your heart. There are seven anointings of Christian International specifically um, that we see all the time and that this house gets the privilege of inheriting. You know, spiritual inheritance is an amazing privilege to reap from the dedication and the hard work of all the people that have gone before you uh, is, is a huge blessing. And so I want to talk to you about these seven anointings because these are anointings that are a part of this very house, which means as we gather together corporately, you and I get to reap from these anointings. The first one is the apostolic and the prophetic anointing. In Ephesians 2.20, it highlights the church should be founded on the apostles and prophets with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. So the apostolic and prophetic anointings, the Bible teaches, are a catalyst, are an essential kingdom key for building strong, healthy, and spiritually mature churches. Number two, the activation anointing. Can I get everyone to say the activation anointing? 
A prophetic generation is one that sees and decrees the future and activates and releases people into their destiny. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for everyone to be raised up and activated. Number three, the reproducing anointing. Uh, Now, you could take that in a different way. Amen. Um, But let's go with what we're going to talk about here. A progressive generation in the church is one that effectively raises up people of God in God's house with a reproducing anointing. These people establish authentic ownership of the vision and are well established in their spiritual identity. Romans 1.11 says, I long to come to you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. So reproducing. Number four, a family anointing. This is one of my personal favorites. I love all of them, but I particularly love this one, the family anointing. A family anointing protects and equips families to grow together in life and ministry and brings a restoration to the family unit. Number five, a breakthrough anointing. Can I get everyone to say breakthrough? A breakthrough anointing empowers people to overcome adversity and to live a life of victory. In Exodus 15, 3, it says, Our God is a man of war. That's why you'll see at times we have a a strong warfare focus in our church. It's part of our anointing. Number six, team ministry. I think this is very evident in our church, team ministry anointing. A team ministry anointing enables a church to activate all members for the work of the ministry. And number seven, a marketplace anointing. A marketplace anointing positions people into the realms of business, government, education, science and technology, entertainment and media for city impact. And so we get to tap into that as well. So, you know, we are blessed to come under these corporate anointings. And that's just part of CI. We also, apart from that, have uh, some other specific things that is a forever house. I think one thing uh, for us, uh, we love that prophetic worship. There's a great anointing there. But also, you know, we had a traveling minister who came here just recently. And he said to, uh, um, t- said to us how there's such warmth in a house. There's such real community that people are real and they, they connect with each other. And uh, it was good. It's great to hear people who aren't here all the time, you know, come in and observe our culture and our community and to talk so favorably, favorably about our church. So assembling together. But can I also share this with you? I want to talk to you about what the anointing is not. Is that cool? Uh, I, I, for me, this is how I learn. I like to understand what something is. But I also learn by understanding what something is not. And uh, again, you know, one of my favorite words is balance. And so I love to bring balance to teaching. And so what the anointing is not. First of all, the anointing uh, is not a substitute for preparation. Amen. Uh, You know, I've heard sometimes people go, oh, it's all right. I won't really have to prepare a message. I'll just wing it. The Holy Spirit, the anointing, I'll just go with the anointing. Um, can I just say that, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just foolishness. Uh, that's, that's really not having a good, wise understanding of the anointing. Now, you know, that can apply for you here. If you're a leader in this house, you know, we encourage you to be prepared to put preparation in place in whatever department you're leading. Uh, at no time would the anointing be an excuse just to wing something. Okay. Now, if for whatever reason there's a circumstance and you just, you know, something's happened, then we do believe that, the, uh, that God can uh, anoint you to do something if, you know, there's an emergency or whatever it is and there's no preparation. Obviously, God can come. But there, it, it's really wisdom to know that the anointing is not a substitute for preparation. And that's the same for your family. That's the same for workplace, career, uh, anything that you're doing. Um, it's important to be a, a person of excellence and prepare. Uh, 
And so um, I want to encourage you to understand that uh, being negligent in preparation is not uh, what the anointing is. Uh, just expecting the anointing to bail you out at the last minute uh, is, is presumptuous and is not respecting, actually, the balance of who God is. God is, is not just into you, is not just in, interested in the Holy Spirit moving in your life, but is also interested in you having the mind of Christ. He's also interested in you having a good, solid understanding of the Word of God in your life. Uh, I've always mentioned this, but so many you know, ministers say that if there's just too much Holy Spirit, you blow up. And if you don't have a good grounding of the Word, and if there's too much Word, not enough Holy Spirit, then you dry up. And so it's about having a balance. So people who just go, oh, I'm anointed and I can just flow with the anointing and I don't have to prepare in the Word or I have to you know, really sit down and do any plans or preparations and kind of you know, get things together with my natural ability, um, are really uh, out of balance there. And usually you see the fruit of that. Sometimes things um, become weird when people have this super spiritual uh, persona of what the anointing is. Uh, when you look at the people of God, uh, even Jesus himself, he was very deliberate and he prepared and he planned for things. He was very strategic. Um, he wasn't just someone that just kind of, you know, winged things. But we also know in balance to that, we have to also understand that the Holy Spirit, you know, there's been times when I've gotten up to, to, to preach a message and the Holy Spirit actually says, well, um, I actually want you to do something else or go in a different direction. So sometimes we still have to be open definitely to the flow or the movement of the Holy Spirit, not be stubborn in what we're prepared. But at the same time don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and just go oh i'll just wing it because at the end of the day that just becomes an excuse for being lazy amen and so it's important that people of god we are called to be excellent but also to be endured by the power on high and with that excellence god anoints our natural with his supernatural who believes that amen the second thing that the anointing is not is the anointing is not a shortcut to success uh you know can i can i say this to you that um you know uh Sometimes when it comes to just, uh, I'll just have the anointing and if, if something's anointed and, and therefore I'm successful. So when it comes to success and, and, and building a life, you still have to be someone who, who develops character. Can I say that the anointing does not supersede character? Uh, you can sometimes see people on YouTube who can do amazing, amazing, amazing things with the anointing of God. And yet a year later you hear that their family's broken, they're divorced, their ministry falls apart. And you sit there and you wonder and you go, but how? Well, the reality is God still uses broken vessels because his anointing goes out. And actually he still loves the people that those people are ministering to so much uh, that he still wants to touch. And so sometimes, you know, Bishop Hammer's just written a book uh, called How Could This Be? How can these things be? Thank you. How can these things be? And he talks about that, you know, how can these things be that powerful men and women of God flowing in the anointing and yet their actual world, their character is not aligned to, to truth and there's a brokenness. Can I say this to you in a fresh way? Be careful. Be careful that you're not attracted to just the anointing on someone's life who can kind of maybe wow you with something that they say they can do or that they can do, but actually don't have good fruit in their life or aligned character in their world. The Bible clearly teaches us to judge things by the fruit. Can I challenge you as sheep? You need to look at the fruitfulness of your shepherd. You need to look at the fruit of their life. You need to look at the fruit of outside, you know, ministering publicly, 
They may be able to have charisma or to be able to do things. That's great. But it shouldn't be the key thing that you are drawn to someone when it comes to following someone. You've got to judge by the fruit. Be wise. Observe. Watch. Look at their life. Look at their family. Look at how are other areas in their life. Is there breakthrough? Is there fruitfulness? Or are things all a little bit crumbling? It's important, people of God, in this hour, to be wise in who you partner with, in who you follow. Don't get caught up in, oh, wow, that person can heal someone. Oh, wow, that person, you know, just has this gift. Oh, wow, that person has, just makes me feel so warm on the inside when they speak. Oh, that person's sermon's so entertaining. Oh, that worship leader, the glory just flows so, you know, full on. That's all good. But be careful because God is more into character than in gifting and more into character than anointing. It's important that in this season, we make sure, particularly in a world of social media, where there's so many great, cool things we can watch about the body of Christ. I've seen people get hung up on, wow, how anointed was that? How anointed was that? And then they come back to their local church and go, oh, I don't think that was as anointed. So again, we've got to also understand this, what the anointing is not. The anointing is not exclusively synonymous with a specific style of ministry. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 refers to this. I think this is really, really important in these days because you and I both have more access to all different styles of ministry than we have before. Even just myself. I mean, let's, I, got, I got saved at nine, in 1999. Um, I went into the local church and I served in a local church from 1999 to 2009. That was my first church that I was raised up in. A great church. Had a lot of amazing things about it. Now, what's interesting, from majority of that 10 years, I'd only, I think I'd gone to a couple of other conferences, but I really, because I served faithfully in that church, I'd been to hardly any other churches. So after my 10 years there, Sarah and I, we spent about six months going to different churches in Brisbane because we just wanted to see what was the different style of approach. Today, that's way different. I can get online and I can watch all different conference events from thousands of different ministries all around the world. Can't we? Because online. And so because of that, that's cool. I think that's a great thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Even as a church here, we say, hey, if you want to go to a conference somewhere else, that's cool. But we also say, be, make sure, though, your heart can't be divided. You can't do, serve two visions. You can attend other places. That's fine. You can uh, you know, go, go to another conference. That's fine. But you actually, you can't serve two visions because it's fractured focus. It's important to be planted in one place because also it waters down accountability. And that's not fruitful as well. But what am I getting to here? This is important. The anointing is not exclusively synonymous with a specific style. Because I think sometimes, I think sometimes, the temptation is, is we can get onto stuff that's online or we can go to another conference and we go, wow, that was so anointed. Wow, the anointing. I felt the anointing. And we can actually sometimes lose the important respect and honor of our local church. Because we start to go, wow. And then we come back to our local church and we compare and we go, oh, not quite feeling it. Like I felt it there. 
Let me do some teaching here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 refers to the manifold grace of God. It's important to realize that there are different expressions of God's Spirit. People naturally have preferences. Some people love nothing but systematic teaching. Where's Phil, my man Phil? Where's Phil? Now, I love Phil because he's into systematic teaching. He loves accuracy and detail in the Word. And that's because that's his bed and that's how God's made him. I love that about him. He'll sometimes come up to me and go, you know, I wasn't sure. There you go, there's some rain. I wasn't sure about what you said there. I'll go, oh, okay, all right, let's talk about that. <laughs> but it's interesting because he's really into getting into stuff like that. Cool. So systematic. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Amen. He's into systematic teaching. While others would much rather hear inspirational preaching. They love stories and analogies and examples to inspire, to make you feel like, you know, rather than going, yes, that's very accurate revelation, to, ah, you know, I'm giving some two very big examples there, all right, vast, exaggerated examples. Well, so others like inspirational, but still others would like nothing but prophecy. Prophesy, 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 prophesy to me. And you have to go, okay, it's time for balance. You can hear the Lord yourself, amen. How about you just sit under some teaching for a little while? <laughs> Poor Greg and Julie. <laughs> Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy to me, prophesy. Can I have a prophecy? I mean, their gift is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's a huge blessing in the body of Christ. But they also know that sometimes they have to teach people, hey, prophecy is something to desire. The Lord says it. And even the gift of it is something to desire and to be activated. And they're all about that. But even they sometimes see people say, and say, you know what? It's also important for you to learn how to hear God for yourself. Still others would like nothing but spiritual demonstrations. Oh, the angel dust fell today. The anointing was definitely there then, but last week it didn't fell, didn't fall. So maybe the anointing wasn't quite there. Can I be bold? Can I be blunt? If someone thinks that, that's not balanced. When we're just all into the demonstrations of the supernatural. We, you know, sometimes as Christians, we get really stubborn in our own style and we start to actually criticize other styles because it's not quite fitting into our style. And we say, it's not, it's not anointed. Oh, that's not as anointed because it's not like this. Be careful because that's actually not true. And I think more so than ever, we've got to be careful because I think we're more tempted to go there because we access all this stuff online and there's stuff that, and, and sometimes you can actually get less interested in your local church because you don't have gold dust falling every week. You've got to manage the heartbeat and protection for your local church. I'll tell you why. Because this is not just a performance church. Meaning, let me say this this is not about we don't perform here, we move in the anointing, we bring a word. The worship's great, but this is about accountability. This is about relationship. This is about us sitting down and saying, hey, how are you going? What's going on in your world? Let's pray. And then you go away and you make some right decisions and we see the fruitfulness. Or you go away and you still make the wrong decisions and we see the, the, the hindrance and we still pray for you and you cry on our shoulder and we say, hey, you know what? Let's walk through this. And we might need to challenge and, and to, to guide a little bit. And then finally that person might say, okay, I need to actually make this choice right this time. And then they do. And we walk with people. That's what the local church, the pastoring, the shepherd element, the shepherd element, the heartbeat of God walking with people is not just about the excitement or the anointing or the supernatural, there's actually a, a, an actual depth to walking through things. 
And so accountability and fellowship, you've got to put priority on that over the show of ministry. Some are blessed by soft, quiet music, while others are inspired by loud, energetic music. Sometimes we've had people who want to sit at the back with earplugs. That's cool. Sometimes we've had people go, you know, it could be a bit louder. We've had people say, you could turn it down a bit. We've had people say, you know what, it could be a bit shorter. We've had some people say, it could be a bit longer. We've had people say, you know, it could be a bit more prophetic. We've had some people less prophetic. More planet checkers. More Jesus. More Jesus. Why don't you write your own song? <laughs> and I feel like somebody go, you know what, let's, let's just flow with the Holy Spirit. But you wouldn't think 10 years ago, we, we didn't have access to Jesus culture, Hillsong, like we do now. I mean, if you went to a Hillsong culture or you bought their album you'd ha- and usually either go, you'd have to go to either Kurong or Hillsong to get that. Now you can just download it on your iPhone like that. We've got so much more access to the buffet of the body of Christ that we ca- we've got to be careful that we don't actually become so familiar with everything that's available to us via the internet that we just get, yeah, the lo- my, my local church has got this, but it hasn't quite got this, 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 this. So I'm mm, going to give you a C plus today. <laughs> you know, Brad, Brad really should be seeking the Lord more because obviously the fairy dust, you know, the gold dust. Notice I said fairy dust. Because <laughs> sometimes I think, mm, okay, the gold dust ain't fallen today, Pastor Brad. Is it okay that I can joke with you? Come on now. Who knows when you're married to someone long enough, the best way to get breakthroughs, you have to be able to joke with them because you see each other in your undies and stuff. Right? If we're all just very, you know, oh, darling, I just love you. It's like you've got to be able to joke with people to actually minister to each other. Right? Be real with each other. That's what I think is great about marriage. I mean, it's, it's love and romance at the beginning, but then, you know, eventually, I mean, it's love and romance all the time as you work on it, but it's also, you know, you see each other in your undies and all that silly stuff and it, it's, it's about being real with each other and having a joke and sometimes paying each other out and saying, hey, we really need to get over this or you need to get over this. I think as a, as a, as a spiritual family, I think sometimes what I'm talking about today, when it comes to the anointing and honoring the anointing, we've got to be careful that you know, we don't get silly with this stuff. So even though we may all have our own personal preference, it's important not to become closed-minded Assuming that God can only work or move through the type or style of ministry, specifically the one that you or we enjoy the most. We limit God by thinking He can only move through one style or one method. Let me say it specifically. We limit God by believing that only one type of thing or a couple of types of things is really anointed of the Lord. What is not anointed to you, what is not anointed to you is exactly what God will use to reach certain people. And what is anointed to you may not be effective in reaching others. I love the story of Elijah on Mount Horeb, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 to 13, because that story specifically, that story specifically highlights this. There were four different manifestations in that story that took place. Four. Does everyone know this story? There were four manifestations that took place. There was a powerful wind. Everyone say wind. 
There was an earthquake. Everyone say earthquake. There was a fire. Everyone say fire. And there was a still small voice. You can stay still, small boys. That's my mind. <laughs> there have been times when we know in the Bible God can be powerful with the wind. Um, that was true on Pentecost. He, the Holy Spirit came with the rush of a mighty wind. But it wasn't the wind that was God in this story. Even though there was a wind, it wasn't God. He wasn't in this wind. There have been times when God, we know in the Bible, has used earthquakes to move, such as when Paul and Silas were in jail and he created an earthquake to release them, to provide a miracle. But the earthquake that took place in this story with Elijah was not, God wasn't in that earthquake. That wasn't God. There have been times when God has been in the fire. We know with the burning bush with Moses. But in this particular story, that wasn't God. Interesting. Think about it. If you and I have been able to be on planet Earth and see all the different moves of God, all the manifestations of God, all the different ways the anointing of God moves, we may have seen the burning bush with Moses and then been here with Elijah and seeing that fire and thinking, that must be God, that must be the anointing. But it wasn't. Or the earthquake, this must be God. But it wasn't. Or the wind, this must be God. But it wasn't. In this particular moment... None of those. God wasn't in those things. This time, everyone say this time. God was in the still, small voice. I've seen people minister, deliver demons out of people like this. Come forth in Jesus' name. And I've seen other people do it like this. Come out, you dirty little thing. Come out right now. In the name of Jesus, I command you. Comes out. I've seen things come out immediately. I've seen things come out slowly. I've seen people get hit by the anointing God flying down on the floor. I've seen people have absolute internal breakthroughs by standing there and going, not having to fall over. I've seen prophetic worship linger where people come to the altar and just cry and weep and get on their hands and knees and literally start swimming in the river of the Lord. And I've seen people at the back row under the most softest, simplest, it would seem straightforward worship song. Stand there privately, crying, because the Lord is doing a work on the inside of them. People of God, I hear the Lord say this, do not get hung up on the style. Do not judge your church on the style. Look at the fruit and understand it's time to get planted and it's time to to learn how to flow like that dream in a corporate anointing. I want to stand here before you and tell this man of God and the woman of God that he's married to, yes, I know they're my parents-in-law, so you might think I'm a bit biased. Well, I probably am. (laughs) But they are incredibly 
strong examples and testimonies of fruitful people who honor the Lord and have put character before anything else. I want to challenge you. How much, as a member of this local church, in your heart, how much have you put weight on that? How much weight and priority do you put in your heart on looking at the fruitfulness of your leaders' lives? I'm talking about Sarah and I here. I'm not standing here with a trumpet. I'm just saying we have strong accountability. We have very strong accountability. Loving, loving accountability. But with boldness to say, you know what? This needs to adjust. This needs to fine-tune. And can I tell you, we are so thankful for it. Because I can tell you our lives are so much easier because of it. I'm going to stand here before you and tell you the Lord has blessed Sarah and I. I'm going to stand here before you and tell you that there's fruitfulness in our lives. I'm not standing here making out I'm some big shot. Everything that we have is because of what God has done. But I want to challenge you this morning, in this season, in this timing. What have you been putting weight on? in terms of your heart condition, to who you want to follow. It's so important that we, we understand that the corporate anointing is something to actually want to be under and want to benefit from. Who believes that today? Now, I'm not standing here saying I'm perfect. There's a lot of things I could still improve in. I understand that. But I think, again, in this season, with what access we have to all different things, I know personally in my own life, and also for our church family, the ability to put honor on the importance of the local church and respecting the local church is so critical. And so I want to finish this morning and ask Jason to come. I'm going to finish this morning with... This thought that you and I have a call to live an anointed life. But it's not just individual, it's corporately. And as we come together, as we come together, and as we pursue God together, and as we grow the church together, and we build His kingdom together, it is a journey. It's an amazing journey. But I don't know about you, but I want it to be fruitful. I think sometimes also the church makes a mistake thinking that the sign of fruitfulness is numbers. I just had a conversation with someone this morning. Now, I'll be honest with you. Would we like more people? Yes, we want salvations. We want more people. Amen. Who believes that? But what we're called to do is we are called to impart into people and to see them grow. We are not called just to minister milk. We're not a milk church. Do we give milk to new believers? Yes. 
But are we called to also minister meat? Absolutely. Why? Because if you look at milk, a baby needs to transition from milk to hard, solid food, particularly to protein, because protein in protein, it gives the body the ability to actually develop cellular structure and muscles. That's how muscles grow, is the the consuming of protein. Protein is critical for you to grow strong and healthy muscles physically. Meat spiritually is critical for you to grow strong spiritual muscles. Who believes that? And so I want to stand here before you and say that there is a corporate anointing. And I believe in this season that you and I are called to start to pray about that. To pray together. We've had this amazing couple of prayer meetings. We've got another one, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. I want to challenge you to come. Because you're not called, and I'm not called to do this thing individually, but we're called to to get a revelation of togetherness and coming together. Accountability, fellowship, love, working together. So individually we'll be blessed. But I want you to finish with this thought. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Bible encourages to look at the fruit of things. To look at the fruit of things. The Bible teaches that you minister out of your inner world. You minister out of your private world. When you look at the private world of someone, it usually is the manifestation of what's going on on the inside. Even though we love amazing worship and we like good teaching. And we love an atmosphere of the things of God. And we believe in miracles. And we're always asking God for more. We're hungry for more of God. We're hungry to see people here. We're hungry to see the edge on the prophetic be even more accurate than it ever was before. We're hungry to see families, if they need it, to have deliverance. We're hungry to see all the moves and the things of God that come from the anointing that we've been talking about today. And this anointed life. But don't mistake that character and fruitfulness of private lives is way more important and will bear a greater return of investment to you as a people than just charisma and an ability to move in anointing. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you, Lord that you've called us to live the anointed life. And we thank you, Lord, that you're a God who makes this journey so exciting that through your anointing, we can see amazing things. We can see the miracle of salvations. We can see people being torn away from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Lord, by your anointing, we can see the gospel spoken powerfully and that it convicts the heart of man and gets him to come and declare you as Lord and Savior and become born again. Lord, by the miracle of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you actually indwell yourself and impartner yourself into the very spirit of a person to equip them, Lord, to pray in tongues and to move in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that as you move in your anointing, Lord, you start to bear amazing fruit in our lives. But Father, I thank you, Lord, for all of these things, that even when we lay hands on people and that anointing can be imparted into that place where they need healing and healing can come and we can pray and decree things and people miraculously can have financial breakthrough. And we thank you, Lord, that we, when we linger in prophetic words, 
worship that Lord that a glory realm can start to open and a manifestation of heaven to earth can start to pour in and we thank you Lord when someone prays powerfully with volume Lord it can actually shatter Lord the restrictions of the enemy but also when someone pray, prays Lord with a soft sweet voice but with the same authority and the same conviction of the Holy Ghost on the inside that can equally just be as powerful just as demon damaging as the powerful loud prayer Father I thank you Lord Lord that it doesn't matter what style Lord it doesn't matter what approach Lord it doesn't matter Lord Father God but Lord what really matters is that we want the anointing but we want the anointing to bear fruit and we want the anointing to bring a fruitfulness and to bring an evidence of you growing in us oh God and I thank you Lord Father for just this morning a reminding Lord and a recalibrating of priorities and an emphasis Lord that the kingdom is not about entertainment but the kingdom is about the truth and the glory of God and the fruitfulness of the vine called Jesus and I thank you Lord that your word promises that when we are connected into the vine then we will be fruitful and so I thank you Lord that we use that and we use that alone as our benchmark to say hey God are you or aren't you moving and God this is or this is an anointed of the most high God so Father right now bring change in our mindsets and bring healing into our hearts We thank you, Lord, for Apostles Greg and Julie, for their example. Such a solid example. And for their covering, for Bishop Bill Hammond, who just recently has been honored as a leader of a ministry globally that's considered one of the most integrous that Christian International has been declared globally as one of the leading ministries of integrity. I thank you, Lord, that Greg and Julie are an example of people who go after that as priority. Not the look, the feel, or the wow, but the integrity of the ministry. And I thank you, Lord, because of that example. Lord, we are gleaning from that and we are learning from that as a church. And so, Lord, I just want to honor you as a people, as a community. Father, we are hungry for that new dimension of a corporate anointing upon this place and upon this community and upon our families, Lord. We thank you, Lord, where we are united, you command a blessing. And we thank you, Lord, that in that blessing comes fruitfulness and breakthroughs. Holy Spirit, impart and equip your people right now with this corporate anointing. Activate your people in a new way with this corporate anointing. Shield and protect them in a new way with this corporate anointing. Release vision and insights and depth of revelation under this corporate anointing. Release angels right now to fight for us in the spiritual realm, to come against the schemes and plans and the attacks of the enemy under this corporate anointing. Enable us to pray with a sharpness and a fire with this corporate anointing. Enable us to walk as an army in the marketplace with excellence and accuracy and anointing on our gifting and our calling with this corporate anointing. 
Enable our children to rise up in strength and fierce confidence in their identity in Christ under this corporate anointing. Enable our marriages to just just flourish, Lord, to flourish, God, under this corporate anointing. Enable our physical bodies, Lord, to be free of illness under this corporate anointing, Jesus. And Father, fill us with a new lease of love for one another and for people. Father, right now we just forgive anyone that we need to forgive. Go ahead, church. Just lay lay that down at the altar in your heart, just wherever you're standing, before the Lord. Father, we're sorry where we've been not forgiving of someone or some people. We thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven us first. And so, Father, we just lay it down right now. And we repent where we have lacked forgiveness. And now, Father, because of that, we ask you to bless us. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us in a fresh way. Just fill us up, Lord, with your love. Just put your hand on your heart, church. Fill us, Lord. Fill us up, God. With your love and your peace. We love you, Jesus. And we know that we can trust you, Jesus, to lead us. And we thank you, Lord, for what you have ahead for this church and your beautiful people. And we thank you, Lord, that we put all of our faith and our hope in you, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.